Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and you're listening to the 10 Adventures podcast. We are more than just a travel company. We are a community of active explorers who have been inspired by the outdoors. Join me as I sit down with real people to talk about their most epic adventures on this incredible planet. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Today is a great episode that I'm hoping to learn from as we have Dennis Lastochkin, who has taken his young children on some pretty impressive bike trips in the U.S. while also farther abroad, like Italy and most recently Peru. Hi, Dennis. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you for uh, inviting me. So I'm super interested to learn from you because you're doing things that I didn't even think were, were possible. And uh, you've done some really cool kind of hardcore bike touring uh, with your daughters. And, you know, before we go and talk about that, I just want to know, like, how did you get into bike touring with your kids? Like, what was the process? Because it seems almost insurmountable to go to Peru on a bike touring adventure with, you know, with young, young children. Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely an amazing trip. But uh, you get into it slowly. Um, you start... Uh, from ground zero and you take it in small uh, bite chunks. You don't just all of a sudden decide to go to Peru with your kids. You you start from from your neighborhood. Uh, and the first thing you need to work on is actually riding the bike. So you first you start riding the bike yourself and then you think about, okay, maybe, I, maybe I'll involve the kids in this too. So um, I started um, riding the bike uh, when I was fairly young, but I didn't, I didn't really race bikes and uh, it was mostly for commuting, but when I got to Austin, uh, I think I was 17, I went to school here, I went to University of Texas, and uh, Austin has a great cycling community, and I got into uh, UT Cycling Club. I was there uh, for a couple of years, and it, it was mostly, uh, you know, I, I raced a little bit, but I didn't take it very seriously. and. Um, when I first started uh, my company, um, I was working on the computer a lot, and I decided that I needed to, to change my lifestyle a little bit. I needed to exercise, so I went back to cycling, and uh, I started going on group rides, and uh, eventually uh, founded uh, our, our own uh, racing team called Night Owls Racing, and uh, yeah, became competent in 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 riding the bike, racing, uh, competing. And I wanted, I wanted to do a little bit more. I wanted to involve uh, my girls in in the in this journey, and uh, we started um, riding the bike with them because initially, uh, it, you can ride the bike with, with your kids around the neighborhood, but little girls can only go so far, and they cannot ride, you know, thirty miles or fifty miles in, in all kinds of terrain, all kinds of weather. Uh, they just get tired, and and I thought, well, how can I, how can I take them with me on those on those, on the bike and and, and traveling, um, and that's where you can, you know, literally take them with you on the bike. Just just put a seat and 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 take take them on a bike, and you start you start exploring um, different options of uh, of how to do it. And my first uh, my first attempt was just uh, my first. Uh, um, girl, she, back in the day, she was um, three years old, and uh, I got a bike seat for her, 
and I was looking at different uh, bike seat options and yeah, we, c- we can talk about that. That's definitely an evolution, how you get to, how, you know, I tried different, different options, different bike seats, different, uh, trailers and, um, um, yeah, definitely, definitely has a, have a whole, whole list that, that I went through to figure out what's the, what's the best option. What, what, like, so what are some of the decisions or some things that you learned trying different trailer and bike seat options that, you know, if you were to do it again, you just feel like, oh, that totally doesn't work. I'm never going to try that again. Yeah. So before, before I, I tried to take the kids on, on a bikepacking trip, I went on bikepacking trips myself just to figure out what works, what doesn't. And I went on, um, on a on a on a tour around the, around Maui, with the with the trailer, and uh, I went touring in Alaska as well. And back then, I just had a a, a hardtail mountain bike with a with a fork with a hard the hard fork without suspension, and I had a, a trailer a burly trailer, and uh, it was it was okay. You can load a lot of weight on it. But the problem with with the two wheel trailers uh, for me was when I went off on a, on the single track trails. Sometimes uh, it wasn't very stable and it would flip. And I thought to myself, "Oh no! Like if I go, if I take the the kids on uh, with the trailer and and it flips, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a problem." So that eliminated the option of a of the of the most popular probably thing that you see is the two wheel. Uh, trailer bike that we're, that people take uh, the kids with, because it's it's right in the back. It can flip. It's not very stable. And if somebody hits you from behind, um, they're gonna hit the kid first. It's it's really wide. Um, so that was definitely definitely a, a no for me. So I thought, well, what's the what's the next best option? And uh, I remember back in the back in the day. Uh, in like in the seventies or sixties, they used to have those uh, seats on the top tube, um, and I think it's coming back now. And I was like, "Wow, well, let let me let me try that, see how that works." Um, and the problem with the seat on the top tube is that it's right where you're pedaling, right? It's right where your knees are. So a lot of people that that are buying those top tube seats, um, they have to pedal with their knees out, and you cannot go far before before you're going to blow your knees like that. So. I, I got that top tube seat. I put it on on my single speed, and I realized that that's not gonna. It, it's great for the for the kid because because the kid is right there with you. You you're very close to each other. You can communicate really well. Uh, they have the best view, the best seat in the house. They're right there. Um, they're protected because you can put your arms around them. But it was a problem with 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 the knees. You know, it's just no not enough knee clearance. So I thought this is this is a great this is great the kids love it but I just I have to figure out the knee clearance so I figured I'll just get a longer top tube bike with a really short stem and and that solved my issue I, I basically got a, a flat bar bike that has a really long reach because for flat bars uh, your 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 reach uh, you have you I mean you how to explain it. On the flat bar, you you reach to the bars is reduced because you're not reaching to the um, round top tube shifters that where you, you reach is a little bit extended. So if you you can get a flat bar frame and put a, a drop bar on it, all of a sudden you have a lot more reach and you can put a really short stem and uh, and have the top and uh, have the seat on the top tube. That's that was basically the solution for it. 
And then you have two daughters, if I'm if I'm correct, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, the youngest one is five; she's about to turn six, and the oldest one is eleven. But when I started, I started writing just with the oldest one, uh, and, and the and I, I think our first trip with the two daughters, uh, when they were both both on the trip, was in Oregon, and uh, the youngest one, I think it was three, and the oldest one was uh, eight. And so was your oldest riding a bike at that point? Yeah. So, so initially when I first started, I only had, you know, one daughter. So that, <laughs> so I didn't have to figure out what, what to do with the, with the, with the second daughter. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I had only, I only had the, the top tube and, um, uh, the top tube seat. I figured out, I, I built, I built a bike for it. And, uh, and then I had another daughter. So I was like, okay, you know, now. Now we need to figure out a different different solution. So for a while there, you probably can't take them on a bikepacking trip until they're you know two or three years old, just because uh, you know they need sleep and 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 yeah, you don't want to abuse your kids too much. <laughs> but uh, I think around three, they're, they'll 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 be they'll be more than happy to go on to go on the trip with you. So uh, it, it's definitely a challenge, but. Yeah, Leah. When when Leah was three, we went to Italy for a month. She had she had an amazing time. But so the solution was, I looked at a couple options. Um, I looked at, at um, getting a tandem bike. Um, the problem with tandem bikes is it's really hard to travel with them. They're really long. It's hard to get them into the train. Uh, you have to disassemble them. They're they're quite quite heavy. So um, you know, you have to disassemble them for into into bags and, and, and somehow travel with all that. It, it's it's quite complicated. Uh, so my solution was to get a trailer bike, um, like a Burley trailer bike, which is just basically one wheel um, with with the with the half of a frame that's connected to your um, to the rear um, uh, rack mount, and um, and yeah, that that's what I got. Um, I had to change. Uh, the rear wheel because it's not uh, the components on those are not very good. So I had to change the rear wheel, put a different, um, put a different wheel, different cassette, different shifter, um, different seat post. But uh, yeah, just just make it a little bit more robust. So so if if we if someone had seen you in Italy, you had one daughter, you know, between your hands on the top tube, and another daughter on, you know, just yeah. a little attachment to the back of your bike, and you guys are just pedaling around. Uh, exploring Italy by bike. Yeah, exactly. We did one <laughs> month uh, in Italy just on bike. That's it. Just, just, uh, just bike and trains. It's it's actually quite convenient. the The train infrastructure in Italy is, is is phenomenal, and you get to go on the train. You get to meet other people because you go you go to a special cabin where all the cyclists are because they put you in 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 the, in, the, in the back of the train where. Where all the uh, where all the cyclists are, we, we can, you can hang your bike and you can you can talk to the other people. Where you're going, you know what you've been doing. It's it's amazing. It's it's like a little uh, like a little co-op for uh, for cyclists over there. And uh, yeah. And then were you staying in hotels or Airbnbs, or were you camping as well during that trip? Yeah. So so we did uh, like our trip in Oregon. Oh, we camped. So I had um, uh, four panniers, two on the front fork, and two in the back. Plus a sleeping bag. Uh, I'm, I'm sure if I can, I can send you some pictures to see if people can can see what it looks like. Um, and then and then we camped for Italy. I decided um, 
the camping is is uh, definitely more difficult over there and uh, for four people you can get uh, fairly cheap accommodations so we decided we'll just we'll just uh, get hotels airbnbs and and um, it's also more convenient for the kids you want to take a shower you don't want to you want to you want to kind of slowly introduce them to backpacking you don't want to go you know full hardcore on the first uh, big trip <laughs> were there were there certain parts of italy that were you know, really great for, you know, bike packing as a family in terms of great views or great trails that are, you know, easier to go on that you'd recommend for other people thinking of maybe not a month, but a week or two cycling with a family in, in Italy. Yeah, it depends. Um, honestly, Italy, um, the roads are, are fairly narrow. Um, there aren't a lot of, a lot of bike trails, but the drivers are probably better than than where I live in Texas so we never had any issues and um, we wanted to see all the all the scenic places on the bike and probably some of the roads we went on uh, probably people not going to be so comfortable going on them for example Amalfi Coast um, that was a super scenic beautiful road but it's not a place where you want to uh, necessarily maybe take your kids on because um, it's just very windy very narrow, um, but very beautiful. But uh, Tuscany is, is amazing. Um, you have uh, gravel, wide gravel roads, um, definitely some some hills. It's not a flat terrain, but but beautiful. People are very nice to you. Uh, you ride by a, by a farm. People will offer you some uh, some pears or uh, uh, some apricots. Um, I think we got uh, plums offered to us. Um, yeah, people are very nice to you. Um, views are beautiful. Uh, it's it's a great place to ride your bike. You can also go to uh, to the Dolomites, but again, it's a little bit more difficult. So depending on your fitness level. So you've do, you've done lots of cycle touring on your own and with a family, and I've never done cycle touring with my family. But do people's reactions to you change? Is it all of a sudden, like, I'd just be amazed to see you rocking up with your daughters on your bike. And like, do you find locals are just way more interested in you and way more open to engaging with you because you've got your daughters with you? Oh, yeah. Also the drivers. Um, once they see you have you have kids on your bike, people give you a lot more space. Uh, when, you, when you're by yourself, um, in some areas, uh, people will... You know, especially in Texas, some some areas people will call roll you or are you know they're going to be they're going to you know drive pretty close to you. But once you have kids, uh, the drivers definitely give you space. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, the reception is amazing everywhere we went. Sometimes we would we would uh, we would climb a mountain, for example, we climb Mount Vesuvius, or we climb uh, with the kids to um, Haleakala in Maui. And you get to the top, and you get like this crazy reception. People are cheering for you, like, "Yeah, you got to the top." It was, it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, I never, I never got the standing ovation before uh, when when they when I finished the climb. So yeah, with the kids, it's people are just kind of shocked. Uh, and yeah, they just sometimes we get we get like clapping, and <laughs> it's like being a pro cyclist almost. It's like like you know completing Alpe d'Huez and the Tour de France. Everyone can't believe you've done it. Yeah. Um, Another thing people don't realize is um, people ask me like, "How do you how do you do it?" I mean, it helps having having a cycling background. It helps 
you know, to train for those things. But gears, people forget uh, about gears. Um, when you ride with the kids, it's it's a lot of weight with with the packs and everything. So, for example, in in um, in Peru, uh, my youngest kid is around uh, the five year old with the with all the clothes, you know, because it get it gets cold over there. So when when she's fully clothed, it's prob- she's probably around fifty five pounds. The bike with the seat is around thirty something pounds. Attachment is another fifteen. Um, the, the oldest is around 85 pounds with all the bags. It's, it's north of 200 pounds that you have to carry. So it's, it, the bike gets pretty heavy, but, um, what you, what you have to remember is that the gears is, is, is what, is what's going to save you. So I modified, uh, the bike to have a, a 1146 in the back and uh, 3450 in the front. So my easiest gear is 3446, and I would probably go even lower. I would probably go uh, 2846, um, and and that makes a huge difference. If you can spin uh, on your bike with enough clearance for your knees, you can go up any gradient. As long as you have the right gear, you'll be fine. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I was out, uh, we were out snowshoeing uh, last weekend, and we were on a shared use trail with uh, fat biking. And it was, you know, as you were in the mountains, so it's going up and down. And I just saw, you know, they have such incredible gearing on those fat bikes. It's like, yeah, exactly. they're, they're barely moving and they're still going, you know, their pedals are moving like, you know, 80 RPM and they're just going just a slightly bit faster than us on our, uh, on our snowshoes. And yeah, you can get heavy things. You can still get uphill if you have the right gearing. Uh, that's, that's uh, an incredible point. Yeah, that, that, that's what you have to figure out. You have to figure out which gearing works for you. Uh, and, uh, and the, lo- you have to have that bailout gear. Um, you know, worst case, uh, you can always, uh, you know, sometimes when, when it would get, it got really steep in, in, uh, in Peru, uh, Dina, my, my 11 year old had to walk a little bit. Uh, you know, that's just, uh, just what it is. I'm like, Dina, look, <laughs> it's 15,000 feet. We're going up like 15% gradient. <laughs> I cannot pull you anymore. <laughs> 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 it's just, I, I'm done. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then, uh, usually, you know, I mean, I traveled just with the kids in Maui. We did, we did, uh, 10 days, uh, um, around Maui. We climbed Haleakala. We, we did, uh, went to Hana, took the backside. Uh, we did the top side as well. And, um, over there I was with, uh, just me and the, and the, and the kids and, and, and two more of my friends that won the. Uh, Alan and Megan, and um, but usually when you travel, you kind of have to figure out um, distribute the weight, right? So if you're traveling with another group, you have to figure out, you know, how strong they are, how strong you are, and distribute the weight accordingly so everyone is having to do about the same effort. And um, yeah, when I travel with with, with Christina, we uh, we just distribute the weight accordingly. If she can go a little bit a little bit faster, she gets a little bit, you know more bags and if and if she's struggling i'll i'll just put all the bags that, that, <laughs> that, that, that i can and, and usually i have a lot of bags on, on my bike yeah hey everyone this is richard and i just want to take 30 seconds to let you know that if you are enjoying these stories and are interested in embarking on your own adventure then head over to 10adventures.com 
At 10 Adventures, our specialty is booking private and custom active holidays. Jump straight from dreaming to doing without any of the hassle of travel planning in between. Join thousands of other travelers who have already booked with 10 Adventures to destinations in over 85 countries and experience more of what our planet has to offer while making memories that'll last a lifetime. Now back to the podcast. I want to dig a little bit more into Peru because this just seems, I've never heard of anyone taking kids cycling in Peru and kind of doing these high, high altitude uh, trip. So can you just describe what the route was and also like what was the driving force to do, you know, such an incredible route as a family? Yeah. So you don't want to, you want to be careful with altitude. Um, so the first thing you want to do is maybe go to Colorado and, uh, and take your kids hiking like at 9,000 feet, see, see what happens. Um, and then, and then you see, okay, you know, how do they feel? You can, you can also take, uh, most watches have an oxygen sensor. Like for example, I have a Garmin has an oxygen sensor, but you can also get oxygen sensors for, uh, you know, for really cheap on Amazon and you just take them to an altitude, uh, and, and, and measure their oxygen and how are they doing? Are they, are they, you know, are they good? Do they feel good? And, um, and just, you know, keep increasing the altitude a little bit and, and, um, and see how they're feeling. And, uh, and kids are very adaptable. As long as you feed them and 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 they're warm, they'll they'll be fine. So uh, <laughs> you just have to you just have to uh, yeah you just have to introduce uh, them slowly to more and more altitude. Uh, make sure to um, to test you know before you go somewhere. And uh, if they're okay, you know, kids are just like adults as far as altitude sickness. Um, there is a, there's research that says there, there was, there's basically no difference, um, as far as who's going to get altitude sickness between kids and adults. So it's very, um, random sort of, and you just have to test it and see what happens. So, uh, when we went to, to Colorado, uh, we went to, with, with, with Leah, we hiked up to, uh, 14,000 feet and, uh, I carried her, uh, most of the way, uh, but, um, you just have to see, you know, if, if they can handle 14,000 feet, maybe they'll be able to handle uh, 15 and a half thousand feet. So you just slowly introduce it a little bit, a little bit more altitude. And, um, as far as Peru, yeah, that was, that was definitely, uh, trip number six or something like that. So it, it would definitely, I would, it, w- it wouldn't be my first choice to, to take them backpacking. I wanted to. I wanted to see how they'll handle Oregon or Maui, which was super nice. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Italy with a lot of infrastructure. Uh, Peru is definitely very remote, so you have to be you have to be prepared. And uh, I saw this I saw this route on on the online, and uh, I looked at it, and it looked looked amazing, uh, super scenic, and uh, we just wanted to try try something new, try. Uh, um, see if we can, uh, see if we can accomplish it. And, you know, I definitely had my doubts, but we, we, we made it and it was, it was definitely an experience. It was an amazing adventure. What was the route specifically? We, you know, where did you start? Where did it go through? So, um, Peru, Peru and, uh, Ecuador and, and usually South America, um, they have those plates that one plate goes on under the other and it creates this you know, amazing mountains in um, one of the highest peaks in, in, in the Americas is a uh, Hascaran, which is located in Peru. And I think it's peak number, 
Number two, uh, maybe by by uh, by height, maybe two or three, but it's twenty-two thousand feet, which is really high. It's even higher than Mount McKinney uh, or Denali in in Alaska. Um, but it's located closer to the equator, so so the snow line starts a little bit higher. So I think the snow line starts at around, uh, if I'm not mistaken, around eighteen thousand feet. So you can go up to fifteen, sixteen thousand feet without without encountering any snow at all. Uh, probably even go up to seventeen, depending on the season. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to go to to South America because we've been. Like I said, we've done, we've done Oregon, uh, Colorado, uh, Hawaii, Italy, and South America sounded amazing. So uh, we wanted to go and, and explore explore the mountain range over there. And there's this beautiful route, uh, half gravel, half road that uh, uh, that goes uh, around around that mountain, that twenty two thousand foot mountain, Haskaran, uh, and it's around hundred and twenty miles and uh, I believe uh, 20 or 30,000 feet of elevation uh, around maybe maybe around 20 something um, elevation gain in, in 120 miles so so very very steep you need very uh, very good gear ratio um, and there there are those farms where that you can stay in and uh, you you only have to camp one night uh, or two nights, if, if depending on uh, where you're staying, and I just went on Google Maps. I went on all the online resources and you know, tried to research everything, and 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 I came up with this route uh, for us. I figured we can do around. Uh, for us, it's not so much about mileage, but about um, elevation gain, because that's that's where most of the energy goes in, into into climbing. Because when you're so heavy, you have to really look at the elevation gain. So we we were. We're okay with about three thousand feet a day, uh, with two hundred pounds in, in altitude. It's 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 pretty difficult. Um, so three thousand feet a day of climbing, and you just break the route into those three thousand foot chunks. And uh, leading up to this uh, this chat, I, I was looking on Google Maps, and uh, it's in it's in a beautiful part of the world. So to your north is Alpamayo, to the south is the Waiwash. So just this northern Peruvian Andes, which are kind of world yeah. famous for these just epic you know, glacier cap peaks and, uh-huh. uh, but it, it can be quite cold. You know, I, I've been up there trekking and even in the warm time, it's like, as soon as that, that sun goes down, it's like being in the Canadian Rockies in, in autumn, it's chilly. How did your family deal with, you know, the night, the night or two you were camping? How did you deal with the cold? Cause I know my kids, it's, I'm, they, they, they really struggle when it's like minus 10 out. And I'm sure, you know, my memory is not perfect. I'm sure it's minus 10 at night. Yeah, it got it got pretty cold. Um, it went down uh, below freezing, probably, but not too much, not too cold. I would say probably around zero, maybe like twenty eight degrees. You know, just hovering around zero. We went in the summer, um, summer here, so winter over there. But it's so close to the equator that um, uh, it's 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 not too too cold during the day. It's definitely warm enough that you can just cycle and, and just bibs in jersey but at night it will it will get cold it will get the more the higher you go the colder it will get but you just bring a lot of a lot of stuff we have we have a double sleeping bag uh double down sleeping bag we have a very good um uh, mattress we have we basically brought ski clothes 
for the kids, especially for, for the six-year-old or the five-year-old um, at the time. She was sitting on the front, so she gets the brunt of the wind. So you really have to make sure that she has uh, very warm layers uh, and and some wind protection because she will get the brunt of the wind when you're going downhill. You have to have you know ski gloves for them, uh, maybe ski boots, just nice. You know it's heavy, but but you gotta you gotta keep them uh, keep them insulated. Um, yeah, but it's. You know, for for an adult, it's not a problem. For the kids, you have to you have to keep them warm. Yeah, just ski ski uh, ski equipment. So, having done all these you know bike trips as a family, like what do you think the impact is on your on your daughters, or even on on you and your wife? Oh, uh, I mean, it's 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 an amazing way to to go on vacations. I think um, it's it's great to introduce them to. To adversity because we have to overcome sometimes some you know some days don't some days don't work out like like you wanted to <laughs> there was one day where we thought it's going to be easy and we ended up uh doing a 10-hour ride um in, in you know hike a bike a lot of hike a bike because the road was so bad that you just couldn't ride it up the hill um and uh, i think it teaches them it you know how to deal with adversity uh introduces them to different cultures. That area of Peru is so remote. We didn't see a single um, Western person over there in a week. Um, um, yeah, we were the, basically the only white people over there. That's uh, um, that's that's how it is. It's, it's dead remote. And uh, it's it's amazing to see how, how the people live over there, uh, um, how the kids connect immediately. It doesn't matter which cultures. Leia was playing soccer with 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 the with the family that was stayed with the, the farm family, um, and and they they didn't speak the same language, but it didn't matter. It was it was beautiful to see uh, that kids really don't don't care. It's it, it was it was amazing how how easy they can uh, how easily they can they can communicate without you know without problems without language it's it was it was beautiful to see um it's 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 a really wonderful area um it's peru is obviously a lot poorer than the west but the people are really nice um everyone was 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 really nice to us uh uh the places we stayed in we stayed in on those on those farms because there aren't enough people there to to have hotels in some of the areas so a lot of the local family farms, they they also host, uh, you know, backpackers or, or, or cyclists, and they have a, usually a little room for you or, or a little hut that they built on their farm. and And during the day, they'll they'll go, they'll, you know, they'll have strawberry fields, uh, they'll grow um, all kinds of uh, all kinds of things on their farm, uh, you know, berries, and uh, and in the evening. You know they'll they'll accept guests. They'll they'll cook meals for you. It was it was it was great. One of the best meals we we ever had. And um, on the way up, um, towards uh, towards the pass, we stayed in in two of those farms. And 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 yeah, it was it was great. The one of the best experiences ever. You know, it's it's you know one thing that people always say: travel is a great education, and for kids especially to learn about how different people live, to learn how different people solve problems, to learn how similar we all are. 
you know, it's just such a great education for kids to go and do these types of trips as opposed to, you know, Disneyland is fun and, you know, we've probably all been there a couple of times, but you know, what your kids learned at a young age is something most people, you know, some people never learn their entire life. And so it's just so inspiring to hear, hear you doing this with your kids. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, we also go sometimes to, uh, we did, we never went to Disneyland yet, but, uh, we'll go to amusement parks. That's, that's always fun. Uh, but I think if you go on a, on a, on a two week or three week trip with them, um, and, uh, yeah, you just, it's, it's, it's great to be out in the nature. Uh, you slow down, you don't, you know, if you drive somewhere, you, you miss a lot of, a lot of, I feel like you, you have to slow down a little bit, you know, either hiking or, or biking to just kind of experience the culture or the area or the country. And, um. It's definitely more difficult, but you just deal with adversity as it comes. And uh, and today, uh, with the with all the information on your phone, um, um, it's it's you know it's very easy to communicate because we don't speak any Spanish. But you have Google Translate, you have all those tools that make it make it really really easy to to know exactly where the next stop can be. Uh, finding hotels, everything is on Google Maps. Um, uh, finding routes, you know, you have Strava for to to find routes. Uh, you have uh, other resources online like uh, backpacking.com and some other resources. And you know, your podcast. Uh, there's definitely a lot of resources online where you can find um, um, information that, that that will definitely make it make it a lot easier. So I'm interested. You know, what's what's next? What's on your bucket list next for your family bikepacking trip? Yeah, so we've done uh, we've done Oregon, we've done uh, uh, Maui, we've done Italy, I've done Peru. I think I think we're gonna try to do uh, to do Ecuador. We want we want to explore Ecuador. Uh, we we loved South America so much that we want to go back and uh, maybe explore Ecuador. Oh wow, that sounds incredible, uh, Dennis. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It's been really inspirational to hear the trips you've been doing with your family. Thank you. If people want to follow along in your trips or your journeys. Uh, is there a way they can follow along on social media? Yeah. So I have Instagram and also my, uh, cycling team, uh, has an Instagram and, uh, the handle for, for the cycling team is a uh, night owls racing. So, um, and, uh, my, uh, handle is just uh, my last name, which is, uh, L A S T O C H K I N K I N uh, last Tochkin. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, I'll be happy to, uh, answer any questions if people have. Because um, a lot of people sometimes email me and ask me ask me questions. You know, how do you how do you get into into backpacking with kids? What's the best equipment? And uh, I'll be glad to answer all those questions. Uh, well, I'll add links to those in the show notes so people can follow along. And uh, once again, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ten Adventures podcast. We'll be back next week to explore the world and hear about more epic adventures. Start planning your own adventure by visiting us at 10adventures.com and listen to other episodes of the 10 Adventures podcast on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Podcasts.